Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Brett McKay here, and welcome to another edition of the Art of Manliness podcast. So some have said that comic book superheroes is modernity's version of the great Greek myths. And just as the ancient Greeks used the stories of Achilles or Odysseus or Hercules as guides on how to live their lives, many modern individuals who grew up on superhero stories have found inspiration in them on how to live a heroic life, even if they're just regular Joe Blows. Well, my guest today on the podcast is a documentarian who has created films about real-life people who have been inspired by comic book heroes to do good in their own lives. His name is Brett Culp, and he's the director of one film called Legends of the Night, uh, which looks at how the Batman legend has transformed people's lives, as well as the forthcoming documentary called Look to the Sky. And in today's podcast, Brett and I discuss why Batman is such an enduring superhero and how he's inspired you know, a millionaire to dress up like Batman and visit kids in the hospital and a child psychologist to start using comic books to teach troubled children about, you know, skills like resilience and courage. And we also discuss Brett's unique way of showing these films so that he can raise money for charity. So if you love comic books, you're going to love this podcast. Even if you're not a big fan of comic books, you're going to enjoy it. It's a really uplifting story. Uh, be sure to check out the show notes for links to resources mentioned during the show. You can find them at aom.is slash culp. And as always, if you enjoy the podcast, please consider giving us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Brett Culp, welcome to the show. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for inviting me, and it's always wonderful to connect with another guy with a great name. <laughs> right, yeah, Brett. It's, it's, it is an awesome name. So you're a filmmaker, particularly you do documentaries, right? and two of the documentaries you've done have been about superheroes, but it's yeah. it's different. It's not about the superheroes themselves. It's more about how these superheroes, comic book superheroes, have had have influenced people uh, to you know inspire them to go out and do good themselves. Yep. So I'm curious. I mean, how did you decide to explore this topic of how childhood comic superheroes, particularly Batman and Superman, uh, inspire people to go? do good themselves well it's you know it's actually a very personal story for me when when my i have two boys and my youngest son judah when he was in kindergarten he started to have some challenges emotional mental relationships social um and so we started he went through some tests and we finally ended up in the expert's office and she started saying things to us based on the test results she was seeing using words like autism and sensory processing disorder and uh, attention, attention deficit and all these different things uh, that I kind of had a sense of but I didn't really understand. And 
But but then she took it a step further and she said, you know, and based on this information, here's Jude, here's what you can expect for Judah's life. You know, he's never going to excel in school. He's never going to, you know, do well in, you know, relationships. He's never really going to be able to achieve things. He's never really going to have a job. And we went through all this stuff with her and we walked out, got in the car, and my wife looked over at me and said, that is a lie. That, that's a lie about our son. That is not true. That is not who he is. I don't believe that. And we we had this expert paint a picture for us about what our son was going to be, but we chose as a family to see a very different picture, and that picture was of our son as a superhero, standing on the top of the swing set, wind blowing through his cape, looking out into the distance, into the person that he would become and the good he would do in the world. And I think that time for me put this really thing in my gut about it's not just my son. It's that all of us have the capacity to be a superhero. And that was the story I wanted to live out in my family. But I also wanted to empower people and make them feel like they could do it too. And so I'm a filmmaker. That's my voice. That's my place where I can speak to the world. And so I think even though I didn't understand all the pieces of it at the time, I was really drawn to the idea of making a movie that said, you know, we all can be superheroes. And and even if we're broken and hurt and have gone through difficulties, even if we don't feel like we have superpowers, we have that ability. And that launched me down a filmmaking journey of making what, what ultimately became the documentary film Legends of the Night. All right. So Legends of the Night, that's about Batman. That's right. Uh, how did you start off? Why did you start off with Batman? Well, Batman is, for many people, the most identifiable superhero. For the classic cliche that he's the superhero with no superpowers. Uh, and you can say he's a billionaire and that's his superpower. But the bottom line is he's just a guy. And and I think we connect with that. I think, you know, we look at our own lives and say, you know, hey, I'm just a guy. And And the power of Batman is also the Bruce Wayne character that he came out of brokenness. You know, that he's this little kid that experiences the worst possible thing you can experience, the loss of his parents at a very important age in his development. And I think he could have easily gone very internal with that pain. And he could have said, you know, look at this terrible hand I was dealt in life. And, you know, I've got all this money and I've got all this power. He could just be sitting in his house with beautiful girls playing video games, eating Doritos all day. But he doesn't do that. He does the opposite. Instead, he says, you know what? I am going to devote my life to making sure that nobody else goes through what I went through. I'm going to try to help people. I'm going to use this pain as a catalyst, as an inspiration and motivation to do good in the world. And you can debate whether or not there's some insanity in that. There probably is, but we're all a little insane. You know, we all, in genius, there's always a little bit of insanity. And so I think we connect to Batman because we want to look at our own lives and say, I am broken. I have gone through difficulty. I have gone through pain, but I believe deep in my gut that these difficulties I've been through can ultimately become the motivation and strength to to turn me not only into a superhero, but for me to use that as a superpower to help other people. Right. So yeah, I like that idea about he didn't Batman didn't go inward. Because a lot of times, like, you know, people who have depression, one yep. of the things that therapists talk about is that 
if you start renumiating, you're like just like going internal and just thinking about your like you just get more depressed. But when you have yes. like an external locus, you know, when you look at others and you start helping others, like that's actually one of the best ways to help your depression. Exactly. To to engage. You know, we, we tend to want to withdraw, as you just said. But the truth of life is that the beauty is in the engagement. And it's messy. <laughs> you know, relationships are not easy. Uh, connection is not easy. But that's the, those are the beautiful spaces of life. Awesome. So let's talk about some of the people you interviewed in the yeah. documentary. Um, so starting off with um, – is Michael Uselin? Yeah, Michael Uselin. And that was one of the most exciting interviews we got to do because Michael is the guy who as a child really had a vision of bringing a more dark and serious Batman, you know, to the screen. So, you know, I mean, if you grew up, you know, in the 80s, um, you know, your first exposure to Batman might have been Tim Burton's, right. uh, you know, Michael 19... 19- 1989, you know, Michael Keaton, Jack Nicholson, Batman movie. But for generation before that, it was Adam West and corny and silly and Batman was kind of a joke. But Michael Uslan had this vision of bringing a very dark and serious Batman to the world. And he fought for 10 years in Hollywood as a movie producer to get that movie made. And, and it finally happened. And really, because of Michael – we have this vision of Batman that is very different than what the generation before us had. Um, and really that whole Michael's work. I mean, I can, I don't say this in the film, but I can say it pretty unabashedly today. Michael's work on Batman 1989 is what created this superhero culture we're living in today, because that's when Hollywood started to see this was big money. There was big money in superheroes. And so now you know, now we're proliferated with superhero movies. And if you're mad about that, blame, blame Michael Uslan. Right. And I mean, so I mean, what was his large, I mean, why did he want to bring this sort of darker edgier Batman? What was his like larger mission with, with the franchise? You know, I mean, in the movie and in the interview that I had with him, he pretty much says that, you know, when he was a kid and this television show came on and everybody was laughing at Batman, that was like a personal offense to him. He had like grown up, loving Batman as a comic book character. And those stories were much more dark and serious. And he was mad that people were making fun of Batman. And he had this vision of kind of redeeming the character, um, taking it back to its, its roots on some level. And so it was like a personal mission for him to, to do that. And he was practically laughed out of Hollywood because of it. In fact, you see in the movie DC comics, didn't even want to sell it to him because they thought Batman was dead. They thought it was a stupid, you know, it was done. Bat- nobody wanted Batman anymore. And so I think it was a very personal mission. I think what I love about the way we told his story in Legends of the Night is you see this very personal journey he went on. He had to on some level kind of become Batman to get that movie made. Right, yeah. I mean, he like he, he sunk he like sunk his fortune into it. Like He, he did. He really he, put some skin he, in the game. He rolled the dice, and there's a lot of pieces of his story that we left out. But it was kind of like one of those things where if this hadn't happened, he would have been a laughing stock in Hollywood. His career probably would have been done, and he would have financially potentially been done as well. And so he took a huge risk. Right, so hey, we have him to thank for like Dark Knight Rises as Batman Begins. You bet. You, he's the executive producer on all those movies, and, and when you see Batman Superman in March – he will be listed as the executive producer of that movie as well. Okay. So yeah, Michael, he had a lot to do with saving Batman from the zip pow. Wow. Yep. Blammy. Uh, <laughs> Batman. I remember yep. watching those as a kid and they were, they were fun, but yep. it was really jokey. That's um, right. 
So let's talk about some of these other people who they also grew up watching Batman or reading Batman comics. And these are just re- these aren't movie producers. These are just regular <clears throat> folks who decided right. like they wanted to actually become Batman. That's right. And, and not just like you know follows the example about doing good, but like they became Batman. And two of the characters I thought were really great uh, was Lenny. And I'm, yes. I'm, I'm, I guess he just died, which is I he just, did. He did. It was so sad for yeah. me when it happened last year. Tell, oh my goodness! Tell us a little bit about Lenny because he has an interesting story because this guy he he sort of he was sort of like bruce wayne he had he was a successful businessman yep uh had lots he was like had lots of money uh-huh. but he decided to become the batman for a good cause that's right that's right i mean he he had this thing happen where he attended a children's hospital event rented a batman costume and went and he saw the magic of how these kids responded to it and he kind of felt like it was a calling Really, I mean, he he kind of almost mentally engaged with how people symbolically would see Batman uh, as a protector, as a friend, as a you know something like that. And so he kind of got just really emotionally jazzed about that. And when he sold a business uh, that he had spent his career working on, he decided to take some time off and just took like a year of his life. And this is all he did. Uh, you know, he bought he built this amazing Batmobile that he traveled around the country with. He visited children's hospitals all over the U.S. and Canada um, as Batman and you know, then gave these kids presents. And it was really – I got to go with him to three different hospitals in film and just watching – I mean even for me – I mean I think we captured some level of it in the documentary. But even for me as a person, just following him around through these three hospital visits, it was just like – this is magical what's going on here. The way these kids are responding, the way it's it's really like they're they are for a moment all of the mess they're in, all of the difficulty, it just like disappears for a minute and all they're experiencing is this symbolic Batman image in their hospital room. And so it really was a powerful thing and I think you kind of feel it as you watch his story in the in Legends of the Night. Right, yeah. I mean, I I got a little teary eyed watching. It's like, and it is amazing. Like, it's not only the kids, but like the the parents and the adults. Yes. Like, they actually like you could tell like for a minute there. Like, there was like moments where like they suspended belief and they're like, "This is actually Batman." <laughs> yes. Right? Yes. Yes. It, yeah. It's a weird thing where you know when he would when I was filming with him and I'd walk around with him for an hour or so and then he'd walk into another room and take off the mask and now he was Lenny again. There was something in me that was like, no. No, no. You know what I mean? This is not – he's Batman. No, he's not Lenny. You know, it was really – there's something magical in that. Yeah. Uh, was, yeah. The power of the symbol of Batman. Uh-huh. Batman That's right. Is, Batman is a symbol. Like That's right. Which he means. means something to me from my childhood, and I know you, you transfer it into those spaces. Right. And then the other character – not a character. He's a person. Um, we don't know his real name. Uh, he's the Petaluma Batman. Oh, my goodness. And this, that, that's tell the about greatest this guy. thing. Uh, so, so this guy, when he was like 18 years old, he like as kind of a dare, as a joke, you know, dressed up like Batman and went and did some good in the, in his community of Petaluma, California. And the people just loved it and he just kept doing it. And so this guy, Petaluma Batman, when he was 18, 19, uh, he's now retired. So you can't see him anymore. He's kind of done. Uh, I think he went off to college. And I, to this day, nobody – there was only like five people in the community that actually knew who he was. He kept his identity a secret. He didn't tell anybody. I don't know who he is. I had to have him sign some you know, relief document 
But then I took that document, folded it in half, put it in a folder and never looked at it because I wanted to retain the magic of that personally as a filmmaker. And so he just goes around the city doing good things. He shows up at special events in the community, raises money for charity. Uh, he helps people. He had a huge Facebook group where people would post needs and he would share them and he would help. And he's he's wearing this like, you know, it's it's a great it's great that you brought up these two stories because they are really the opposite ends of the spectrum. You right. know, here you got Lenny, who's a millionaire, successful business guy, running around in this perfect, you know, replica costume and hundred thousand dollar Batmobile and all of this stuff. And then on the other hand, you got Petaluma Batman, who's this high school kid wearing a T-shirt he got at Kmart and a mask from Walmart. You know, this cheapy little plastic mask, and he's running around doing good in his community on and an I electric think- scooter. On an electric scooter, right, this little electric scooter that halfway through the night always runs out of charge and he has to push it around for the rest of the night. You know, I I think the contrast in there is a beautiful image of even how Batman and the superhero spirit can be in our own life. You can start wherever you are and be whoever you are and still channel that superhero spirit wherever you – you don't have to wait till later. You can start now. Wedding season is coming up, and if you are – preparing for the big day i know wedding planning can be really intimidating but finding the perfect suit shouldn't be indochino makes it easy to get a fully customizable suit right from your home don't just wear any suit on your big day wear a custom made to measure suit suit started just 499 dollars which is about the same price you'd pay for an off-the-rack suit at a department store and they've also got custom made to measure shirts starting at just 89 dollars so I've talked about my Indochino suit on the podcast before. They've been a longtime podcast sponsor. It's navy blue. The measuring process was super easy. They got these video guides you follow. You'll need another set of hands to help you out with that. But the really fun part is customizing it. Got to customize how I wanted the lapels on the jacket, the pockets, the lining. I went no pleats on the pants on this suit. A lot of fun. And then in a few weeks, you have a made-to-measure custom suit sent directly to your door. When planning your wedding, get a suit as unique as you with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code MANLINESS to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, promo code MANLINESS. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the United States? You can grow lemon, avocado, olive, or fig trees inside your home on top of the wide variety of houseplants available. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer a free plant consultation forever. So I use Fast Growing Trees to order not an indoor tree, but an outdoor tree. There is an oak tree that was in our front yard that died a few years ago due to heat stress. Had to cut it down. There's been a blank spot that I wanted to put another tree there. I wanted a maple tree that turned bright red during the fall. And I went on Fast Growing Trees, found the tree that fit the criteria that I was looking for turns bright red. It's a maple tree that turns bright red in the fall. So if you want to try fast growing trees right now, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants and listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when they use code manliness at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using code manliness at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com code manliness offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Daylight saving time is starting up again. The goal of this is to give us more daylight from March through November. By setting our clocks forward, it may feel like there are more hours in the day, but if you're hiring, 
it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates for your roles any sooner. There is only one way to do that. ZipRecruiter. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash manliness. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to help you find qualified candidates. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100 plus job sites so you can reach more of the right people. ZipRecruiter smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. Spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash manliness. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash manliness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right, if you have a family, then you need to get term life insurance to protect them. It's one of the smartest financial decisions you can make, and the start of the new year is the perfect time to get it done so you can focus on whatever else the year has in store for you. Fabric by Gerber Life was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high-quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. Fabric has flexible policies that fit your family and your budget with quality policies like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. There's no risk to apply. They have a 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can cancel at any time. I remember when I was a new dad, I had a lot of thoughts going through my head. One of them was, how can I take care of my family when I'm gone, if something happens to me? Well, it's one of the first things I did. I got term life insurance, one of the best decisions I made. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash manliness. That's meetfabric.com slash manliness. M-E-E-T fabric.com slash manliness. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company, not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. Right. And what I loved about Petaluma Batman is like, again, even though his like outfit was sort of like chintzy, like the community embraced it. Like this is Batman. Like that's right. I think you even mentioned like the high school kids just ate it up. They kind of became a status symbol to like get your picture taken with the Petaluma (laughs) Batman so you can share on Instagram or Snapchat or whatever. Yep. 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 That's right. Oh, it did. It did. And they loved him. They loved him in that community. They would do news reports about him. Um, You know, he was. And he's a super cool guy. Super cool. Again, I never saw him without his mask, but that's the way it's supposed to be, I think. Right, exactly. So this was interesting. Um, and I think it's kind of maybe this is where your personal story connects uh, on a real visceral level um, with the documentary. But I thought it was interesting. There's, there's, there's a psychologist out there who uses comic books, but specifically Batman comic books, yeah. in his therapy for children and teens. Yes. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. Can you tell us a bit more about this guy and what what he's doing with the Batman comics to help children and teens with whatever issues they might have? Yeah, so Dr. Patrick O'Connor, when I filmed him, he was based in Charlotte, North Carolina at a practice called Southeast Psych. But now he is actually teaching in Chicago. So he's he's in the Chicago area as a teacher. And, um, you know, there has been this whole movement recently. And I, I, I got into it when I started into this film and I thought it was kind of a fluke filming Patrick, who was essentially what he was doing was bringing these comic books into therapy with young people particularly, teenage boys in particular, who were having trouble accessing their feelings. And so when he would get to a root, he he created this entire index, which is still free online. It's called Comicspedia. And you can just Google Comicspedia and find it, and he has listed hundreds of comics – Based, he's referenced them based on the psychological 
things they talk about. And so when he would sit with a client and he would realize, okay, they're having an issue with this, rather than diving into it, he would say, well, you know, he would pull up his database and pull out a Batman comic and say, just sit here for a minute and read this Batman comic because you can read a comic book in just a few minutes, really. They're pretty short. Read this comic and then after we're done, let's talk about it. And essentially what he was doing was using story and storytelling as a way of creating safety for people to 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 get in touch with their own emotions because it's much safer to project your own experiences and feelings onto another character than it is sometimes to talk about them yourself. And so that's what he was doing. And I've since learned in the process of sharing Legends of the Night uh, over the past couple of years that there are lots of therapists and different people that use that sort of storytelling therapy to help help people. It was just unique that Patrick was using Batman in particular uh, because he's he's a character that a lot of teenagers relate to. Right, I thought that was an interesting uh, thread you had uh, woven throughout the documentary, the, the idea of the power of story, and you get a bunch of academics on there talking about how story can transform lives. Yes. And the Batman story is like, it's a live, I mean, we, we think it was like this silly comic book thing, <laughs> but it really is like, it's like this, it follows sort of like the meta myths that are woven in throughout all the great myths of human history. Yes. Um, and like I think you interviewed John Gottschall, who we've had on the podcast, and he mentioned that you know, oftentimes we think of comic books and fiction as a way to escape. But he says, actually, no, that's not what's going on. Like we're actually figuring life out with that's these right. stories. I like what he, what Jonathan talks about about story being like a, a a virtual reality simulator. It allows us the opportunity to feel and experience things without having the risk of doing it ourselves. So. You know, that's why we connect with certain stories. You know, you watch a movie and it makes you cry because, you know, or have some certain heightened emotion uh, because you think to yourself, what would I do if I was in that situation? How would I behave? Would I be like that? This guy over here that's kind of the Judas character who betrays everybody and is the weak character? Or would I be the strong character? That you know is the hero in this situation, and what we want to, as you go through that virtual, you know, reality simulator, we all then want to get to the end feeling empowered and strengthened that we would be that hero, and so it gives us the opportunity to kind of emotionally, mentally, even spiritually, sort of live that out without the risk of making a wrong decision in real life. It's awesome. Um, so you not only highlight people who are doing good. In the film, but you actually did some good uh, when you released this film. Can you tell us a little bit about the the charity aspect of whenever you released uh, Legends of the Night? Yeah, so you know, after after we finished this film, you know, there's this typical path you're supposed to take with an independent film, which includes film festivals and sales agents and distributor negotiations and all this stuff. And I got to the end of it and was really feeling like, you know, I want this to be more than a business interaction or engagement. I want there to be something about the way we distribute this that is in the spirit of, of the movie, that expresses the message of the movie, that we all can be superheroes. And so we, we worked with a, um, a distributor, a, a theatrical distributor called Tug. And what Tug allows people to do is to request screenings of movies in their local theater. Um, and you can do it with classic movies and famous movies from the past and all that kind of stuff, but you can also do it with independent films. And so our idea was 
to let to essentially put our movie on tug as like a first way of releasing it and let people request screenings of the movie at their local theater with the idea behind it be you request the screening and then pick a charity and we will give our company's proceeds from that screening to the charity you choose. And then what we encourage them to do is to engage, get the charity engaged with the screening as well so that the charity can get some exposure, some PR, sign up some volunteers. So it wasn't just a, you know, a moneymaker because oh, we kind of envisioned it like, hey, you know, maybe you're going to just make a few hundred dollars for this charity off $10 you know, movie ticket sales, but that, that you could really – help the people that attend engage and inspire them to essentially say after the movie, hey, if you left this movie feeling inspired to be a superhero like Batman, you can connect with this charity right here and help them sign up right now, make a donation, whatever you want to do. And so we threw that out to the world. We had no idea what would happen, uh, whether people would want to do that, but they did. And it was really an incredible experience. The film has now played in over a hundred cities around the world through this distribution option that, and it's still continuing to go on. Um, we've raised, uh, that, that effort has raised over $80,000 for charitable organizations doing a variety of things all over the world. And again, it's continuing. There's a screening that's happening in Bristol in the United Kingdom that got scheduled for May. It's sold out in seven days, 250 seats. They've now scheduled three more screenings. So that's still going on because even though Legends of the Night is now on Netflix and iTunes and Hulu here in the U.S., it's not on those platforms in Europe. So the only way still to see it in Europe is to is through creating a theatrical event. So anyway, we've just been – it's been an incredible experience and one that once we went through that – we were like, we want to continue this. We don't just want this to be a one-off. We want to keep pushing ahead with this. That's that's really great. I love that. Um, so it seems like after you did Legends of the Night, like you got bit by the superhero bug. And, yeah. And now, yeah, you're, we, now you're working on Superman. So, you know, this movie, the next movie is that we're that I'm in production on right now is called Look to the Sky. And it's a little bit of a different twist because this movie is not about people that were influenced by Superman. It's just about people, young people particularly. All these people are young people who have demonstrated the spirit of Superman or the superhero spirit. It's kind of a movie about – it's really at its core, whereas Legends of the Night was kind of a movie about story and how storytelling works. This is really a movie about hope. Uh, you know, we look at the world and everything looks so dark and so depressing. And, you know, I, I hesitate even to open my Facebook feed some days to see what people are going to be posting about politics or something terrorism or shooting or something going on in the world. And it starts to make you feel like, man, this is just what's going on. I'm depressed just uh, watching what's going on in the world around me. And so our goal would look to the sky is to restore some hope. And to help people reconnect with hope by seeing the stories of young people who have overcome difficulties, who have helped their communities, who've really done some amazing things. Because children, you know, young people, they're the future of who we're going to be. And so our goal is to create a movie where people can spend, you know, 80 minutes engaged with those kinds of stories and hopefully walk away feeling like, you know what, there is just so much positivity in the world, so many wonderful things. It's about where you choose to focus. And I think when we choose to bring those kind of hopeful stories into our lives, then it multiplies into the world. 
That's great. I mean, I know we don't want to do any spoilers uh, too much because the film hasn't out yet. But I mean, can you highlight maybe talk about one of the the young people you uh, interview or highlight in the the film? Sure, sure. So the, the 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 trailer for that movie is is on our website, and you can get a sense of some of that by going to our website risinghero.org. But but yeah, I mean, there's a couple of great stories on there. I mean, one about a a boy, a young boy who you know was was in the mountains with a, a small group of people, and a younger boy fell in the water, and the rapids like took him down. I mean, it was really a potentially life threatening situation, and this you know. 10 year old boy without hardly even thinking about it, just jumps in the water and saves this kid's life. You know, that kind of act of bravery and unselfishness, we're used to living in a world where we don't think that's really going on, but it is. Uh, and that story is an example of, of, you know, a young person risking his life to save another person's life. It's really a beautiful story. We also, um, have a great story in there about a, a young lady who went through some bullying, uh, because of a condition she has called alopecia, where she lost all of her hair uh, when she was in middle school. And it was really like an emotionally devastating thing for her, went through a lot of bullying, but ultimately became it became like kind of a, an empowering thing for her, where she kind of really learned who she was and found her own identity. And now she she really has this mission called Natural Day, where she encourages other young people to be who they are, to be themselves, to embrace who they are, and not to feel like they have to conform to something. It's really a very beautiful superhero story. And young people who have done good, who've given up their birthday, you know, instead to, you know, for the for money going to presents to go to feed a school in Haiti. And I just got back from Haiti, from a trip to Haiti with this young girl who'd helped the school there. And so, I mean, these stories are just the best of the human spirit they're the, they express who we want to be and how we want to live and how we want our kids to live. And I hope it'll provide a lot of inspiration for people. Oh, it sounds like an antidote to, to cynicism. It does. It does. That's what I hope it will be. And, you know, for me as a filmmaker, I want to just share what I've been experiencing and seeing from these films. Yeah. So uh, you're a busy guy. Cause not only are you working on this is in production, you have another <laughs> film in production. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Which is really interesting to me because as it's it's about fathers and daughters. Yeah. Um, and I've got a two year old daughter. I'm just gonna, uh, yeah. Um, and so this the, when I watched the trailer, it really hit <laughs> home for me. So can you tell us a little bit about the film uh, A Voice That Carries? Yeah, yeah. A Voice That Carries, which we're just starting production on now, um, is really our goal with that film is to empower fathers to engage with their daughters in a, in a really positive way. Um, you know, the research is showing that, you know, some fathers, their mindset, particularly with their daughter is that, Oh, well, it's, you know, it's really the job of a mother type figure to really, you know, be the influence. But what the research is showing is that a father's engagement, interaction, affirmation is just as powerful, if not sometimes more powerful in, in the development of a young girl and her sense of confidence, her sense of identity, her sense of strength and empowerment. And so, you know, that's our goal with the film. We're going to tell the stories of some fathers and daughters who have really either gone through difficulties or worked through something or done something amazing. But the goal of the movie is to show how deep and how powerful that relationship can be, how impactful it can be, and hopefully inspire and motivate fathers of daughters of all ages to really engage and to also give them some tools, some equipping 
um, some insights as to how they can do that in a way. Because I know some fathers are, are get, they get uncomfortable, you know, particularly when their daughters become teenagers or preteens. It's like, I don't know what to do here. And so, you know, our hope is that they'll walk away not only motivated to, to really stay in that relationship um, mentally and emotionally, but also give them some valuable insights and and inspirations to where they can they can do that. So uh, our goal with that film, so so look to the sky is a little further ahead. We're looking at releasing that for these charity screenings, like we did with Legends of the Night in early 2017, um, and then uh, we're targeting uh, for Father's Day of 2017 with a voice that carries. So uh, we'll see. That's just starting up now, but that's that's our hope. And where did you get the idea to start exploring? Because you, have, I guess, do you have daughters? Or you just have two sons. But where did no? You... I have two sons. This particular film, I'm partnering with an organization called Southeast Psych. I mentioned them a little while ago, but they're a they're a huge psychology practice in uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina. And this was actually we've worked together on some things, and they're actually also production partners uh, working with me on Look to the Sky. And um, they presented me with this idea and said, we'd love to do this. So this is in many ways really a partnership between the two of us uh, creating this. I'm kind of providing the creative vision, but they're providing a lot of behind-the-scenes um, uh, background work to make the film a reality. And, and I, I'm, I'm super excited about that, and that's, that's been one of the, the positive things. When we did Legends of the Night, it was kind of just me and my wife, our family, just kind of doing it. But the more we kind of got our dream out into the world and showed people what we were doing and what we wanted to do, the more people were inspired to kind of join us and come along beside and and bring their own ideas and their own inspirations. And so it's been fun. It's been fun to watch that that kind of expand over time. You're leveraging the power of story. Yes, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. We're bringing them into our story and they're bringing us into theirs. Great. Well, hey, Brett, this has been a great conversation. Uh, where can people learn more about the films? You mentioned one website, but where else can people find out? About yeah, I would say the, 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 the best place to go is to risinghero.org. Um, so risinghero.org, you can learn about Legends of the Night, you can learn about Look to the Sky, and there are links to the to A Voice That Carries as well. Um, you can see all that right there. And my personal website, if you want to learn more about me and what I do, is my name, brettculp.com. Awesome. Well, Brett Culp, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for inviting me, Brett. My guest today was Brett Culp. He's the creator of Legends of the Night, as well as the forthcoming film, Look to the Sky. You can find more information about these films at risinghero.org. And also make sure to check out the show notes for this episode at aom.is slash culp. Well, that wraps up another edition of the Art of Manliness podcast. For more manly tips and advice, make sure to check out the Art of Manliness website at artofmanliness.com. And if you enjoy this podcast, I'd really appreciate it if you give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Help spread the word about the show. Um, and as always, I appreciate your continued support. And until next time, this is Brett McKay telling you to stay manly. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. 
Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.